0: Welcome to Outreach Church. Thanks for checking out this week's message. To hear more, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or visit OutreachChurch.net for downloads and service information. It is a good morning. He is a good father. He's so big. It's funny, Dylan, telling a story about a cell phone, specifically an iPhone. because that's going to tie in really well to what He's placed in my heart today. He's a big God. The iPhone changed our world. And it's still continuing to do so. You know, it seems like when I look at my life, times were much Simpler. You know, I used to walk to school at seven years old. I'd ride my bike by myself. You know, like, I did, I grew up without a TV, so technology was pretty non-existent in my house. We had a computer. It was a black and white. It had the little cursor and you had to put disks in it. But you know, somehow, even with that little bit of technology, that little bit, You'd see. you think. You'd think that in a time like that, you could really shelter the mind of a, of a child, of a son, of a daughter. You'd think that if you had, if you didn't have any of what we have today, it would be really simple to raise kids with pure hearts and pure minds. But you know, when you look at it, and I, some of you know my story, where I came from, what I walked through. The devil don't need much to work with. He don't need anything at all. All he needs is you to believe a lie. All he needs is you to grab one thought. All he needs you to just a little bit of doubt. And the funny thing today this message is really directed first to dads. And I don't care if you're grown and your kids are grown, you're still a dad. Or a father. And it's also geared towards husbands. And it was um, like God does. I've been preparing all week for something else and yesterday He completely changed it. But I'm kind of excited. But I really... There's a lot in it. It's heavy, but I want to say before I start that please open your hearts up and allow the Father to speak because this is from Him and it's fresh. And He really pressed me during worship to pray specifically for certain areas of your hearts that you would receive what He's about to say. So, with that, if you would just, this is, I believe it, you know, moms. Before I start, like moms, your whole life has been about giving yourself away from the time that you're, from the time that you're um, pregnant. It's, it's a process. It's a, it starts this journey of it's no longer about you and it won't be the rest of your life. So I don't think you get the day off. I think it's a, it's a day that the Father really wants to honor you and encourage you. So I didn't want you to feel left out, so I just wanted to put that in there. So with that, if you would, just kind of humble yourselves, let's just pray, and I just want to ask God to breathe on it because I don't really know how it's all going to fall, but Father, I just, we come to you just humbly as your sons and daughters. In the time period where technology is racing out of control, there's so many things, there's so much to offer, so many sights to see, and it's so easy. There's so many things that will steal our time. But I specifically lift up every dad in this room and every dad that listened to this podcast later. I lift them up to you and I ask, Father, that you would give them new insight and new revelation, new direction in how to face the world today and still win. Father, I thank you that today you're going to break lies. You're going to set people free. And that you're going to change households and family structures forever. Jesus, your name be glorified. Just come, Holy Spirit, and flow through this house in Jesus' name. 2007, the iPhone was invented. You know, and it's like it's pretty normal to us now, but it's just something that you basically carry. You know, as a kid, we had to do a report, we had to go pull out encyclopedias, and it took a lot of studying and research. And you never actually could because the ones you owned were probably outdated to actually the things that were available. So you were always behind. But today, everything's right here, it's right at your fingertips. Used purely, it's amazing, it's a great business tool. It's a great tool even to prepare a message. It really helps you like searching out Scripture and you can copy and paste and you can prepare something really fast. And I'm sure with kids, with schoolwork and reports, it probably helps you a lot. And it's easy to say, wow, this is awesome. This thing just blessed every area of our life. But I think if we actually take one step back and we look at it, There's things about it that are awesome, but there's things about it that are very toxic. There's nothing in my heart with legalism with this, but this this is something that's so strong on me. And I feel like it's a warning, but it's also a call to... it's It's a warning, but it's also hope. And it's a new direction. But he brought me back. I shared this when I... It was not long after I started coming here. It was about two and a half years ago. I shared a vision that I had that the Lord gave me. And it, it had a lot of other things in it, but specifically I felt like today He wanted me to re-share a part in there that He He had shown with kids just about our, our youth. And so I was going to read that real quick and then go into the rest. I'm picking up kind of in, in the middle of it. There was four, four scenes, but the others didn't really tie into what we're talking about today. So... But I was taken up in spirit. I was up I was up over like a, a big city park. And the grass was real green and there was this... I could see boys. These boys were about 10 years old. They were sitting al- around a large rectangular structure. It was kind of like steel. It was like a, a galvanized steel structure. It was really big and it was right in the center of the park. There was open joy-style supports. It was about... It was about twenty feet tall, and um, the center was open. But around the outside of the racks, there were stations. There was like little desks, and at each desk, there was it was a place for a, a child to play. At the desk, there was a there was a bunch of toys and crafts. There was a lot of things that like kids would be learn to use their hands, and it was stuff that was there. But as I looked, I kind of went around it, and I, and I could see every station. There was a boy at each station, but there was stuff at each station, but none of the stuff was being used. It was all thrown aside, pushed aside, like something better and newer had come, and they had just kind of thrown it away. And then I kept looking, and I saw at each station, these boys, they all were engulfed in some type of electronic video game. It was like a little square thing, and they were all sitting, and they were almost in a a dumb like a trance and they were all staring at the screen every one of them the same expression no one really noticing anything else that's going on as i looked at that i heard a voice it was a, it was very loud and it spoke through me from every direction and it just says it said stop allowing their minds to be controlled by this And it kind of shook me when I heard it, but as I heard that, I looked, above each boy's head there was a gray cloud, and as I was looking at it, I saw two hands come over the, to the cloud and touch it, and when, I touched, when the t- hands touched it, the games froze, they turned green and they exploded. And then it switched. I could see young mothers with their children all huddled, huddled around like in the center of this park. They were all in a state of panic. They were, and as I looked around the metal structure, on the ground at each station was a small amount of modeling clay. It was gray modeling clay. And so I was walking around it, and my youngest son was helping me. First, I gave some clay, clay to him, and he started to fashion it. He made it into a ball. And then I was trying to hand it out to some, other, some of the mothers, but some of them, they, they, were, they wouldn't take it. The voice spoke again and simply said, there's no compromise on this. If it continued, the parents will answer for whatever is allowed to potter the minds of the kids. And what I wrote as I prayed into that, I believe the rack signifies like the system that's kind of running our world that we're in. We've replaced crafts and things with hands for our kids, and we've given them video games. We've given them iPhones. We've given them iPads. And like I said, there's a lot of good but when they become babysitters and it becomes normal because the thing about it that I saw is every child around that thing was doing the same thing and all the mothers were gathered in one spot and everything was okay because everything looked normal because everybody was doing it. But what the Lord spoke is He didn't think it was okay because someone else was fashioning the minds of the ones that were called to raise up and it starts with a dad. Moms are there, but you are the priest of your home. You're called to be. Whether you're not, or you, or you take your position, doesn't get you off the hook. You're called to be that. And you'll answer for how good a job you do with that. The same note, God is not angry when He says that, but He's saying there is a shake in your heart, and I want, He wants it to hit you because he wants it to change you for the good he wants you to take your position first as a dad, as a husband but i want to back up first it takes you as a you as a leader you as the priest of your home has to start right here you on your knees before your father Seeking to know Him so you can actually discover who you are. When that happens, then you can actually, from that place, take what He shows you and gives you, and you can step in front of your wife. You can actually be a priest and a king in your home. You can actually be a husband that honors, that loves, that serves that does everything that Jesus called us to do, to lay down your life, that is your first thing you're called to on this earth. I don't care if you've been married 50 years, you're not released. You're called to lay down your life. But see, if we allow electronics to be what's pottering our kids, And then you can see, if you actually went and did some research, you'd go. Maybe it starts innocent. I think it usually does. Simple games. There's an app for everything. Some of you know my story. I had no trouble finding darkness when there was no electronics. It came to me. But see, when you don't know who you are, There's a landing strip in your life and you invite it in. It's ignorance sometimes. But when you're around a place like this that speaks truth, there's a a point when you can no longer claim ignorance. It's lack of stepping into something. But you're not going to stand before the Almighty Judge one day and say, God, I would have, but my wife was mean to me. I would have, but it was just too hard. He'll make the way. It requires you humbling yourself, getting before Him, and actually becoming whole. I went on a journey. I lived a lot of years in darkness. I have an amazing wife. Kristen has modeled to me more than any person in the world what grace looks like. She modeled to me what the Father's heart looked like before she even understood what it was. See, I grew up, I had brokenness in my life. It's not an excuse, but I didn't know. I went after what I thought felt right. But if we actually get in the Word, we actually start to realize that if you go by feelings, you're always going to end up wrong. And I don't care if you're 10 years old, 13 years old, 15 years old, 18 years old. Everybody's facing something. You know, I dealt a battle with porn. I've shared it. I'm open with it. I am very free because of Him. Because I actually did what I just said. I got on my knees and I cried out and I cried out and I cried out. And it was not a process. It was overnight. Nobody came and laid a hand on me and set me free. It was was me actually getting into the Word and believing there's something greater than what I see. He put it in me. But you know, for a lot of years, I I actually did what a lot of men do. I put on a good front. I had a successful business. If you looked at my family, I had an amazing wife. My kids, everything was in line. Except if you actually came over my house. Even then, I served her well but I, I had a lie, always had a lie. I always had something, a voice that always could condemn me because it was right, because I had secrets. I had hidden things in my heart. It didn't no matter how good I could pretend at work, I could do the most amazing feats. It didn't matter if I was at the gym working out, it didn't matter how many PRs I got or how much the men around me revered me, even maybe wanted to be like me. She knew me. She knew me inside, she knew me outside. See, because there's things you can't hide from your wife. She lives with you. But it's not a place of hopelessness. My message, his heart is saying, guys, I'm the answer. I don't care how dark it looks. I don't care what they say you need to do if you need 15 years of counseling. The answer's not in counseling, the answer's on your knees, the answer's in the word. But you know, in my home, my, my aspiration since I was first married, I wanted to be a good dad. And I tried really hard at that. I know I failed in a lot of ways, but I wanted to be a good dad. I began teaching my oldest son at three years old how to steward money. Today he amazes me. He's 19 and he possesses more wisdom financially than most 40-year-olds that I meet. But it's because there's when you instill something in a child, Proverbs said, train up a child in the way they should go, and when they're old, they won't depart. If you look up the definition to train, it's not like you tell them something once. If you're going to weight train, how many of you guys lift weights or exercise? If if you want results, it's day after day. Your diet lines up. It's discipline. When you're raising a child, it's not a one-time thing. It's every day. First, it starts with modeling. You have no authority to teach someone something if you're not living in it yourself. See, what I found with my kids, sorry, I'm back and forth a little. If I had a secret in my heart, see, I taught my kids, I made sure because I didn't get the message on the birds and the beast. What I learned about sex was from school, from teachers, from a secular side. But you know what? That, that was my lens then. If you don't take the initiative at home, someone's teaching them. And sadly, you know, then you see, you see, you look, there's waves of issues you're seeing. Sexual immorality is just rampant. And the kids get the blame today. But you know what starts before the kids? They're a result of the environment they're placed in. Last Sunday, I was leaving church. It was an amazing message. I'm at a stoplight. This black truck, all blacked out, you know, just, I mean, just... It was a nice truck, but it was black, flat black wheels, just loaded with stickers. And they had like a raunch rock, just a, just a hard rock, this cursing song, just is all the windows open and just going. And I look, and in the back seat in a car seat was this, a little boy about two years old. My heart sank, but the father, he just spoke something to me. That boy knows no difference. Whatever his dad models, he will become like. Whether you think about it or not, everything you do, they're watching you. When you think they're not watching you, they're watching you. You think it don't matter how you love your wife, they're watching you. But see, little girls are too, dads. They're watching how you love your wife. They're watching to see if you honor your wife. And whatever you do is the standard. Statistically, if you look, most girls look for attributes their father had when they find a husband. Does that scare you? It's not meant to scare you, but I I do really want you to think about it. Do I want my daughter to marry someone like me? Am I the same when no one's looking? If no one's around and I have the house all of myself for a week, am I pure? You know, you may think you're getting away with it. You won't. Whatever you do will reproduce inside of your house because the spirit realm is real. Whatever you allow to flow into your home as the priest of your home has free reigns in your home because no one there is taking authority over it. If you have a a little thing, even if you think it's well, maybe you just watch TV shows that are just a little bit. There's no little bit. There's a line. There's a line called purity. Whatever you allow to come in, roams free. And it will stay until you push it out. But see, you can't push it out until you come to a place of knowing who you are. If you know who you are in him, the authority of a son now becomes on you and everything in this realm is subject to you. You can actually clean your house out. I've watched all this happen in my home. Am I saying I'm the perfect dad? No, but my eyes were open. I know no other way now. I'm a different man. And as I've, as I've grown in this, the father is so good. See, he started to tell me At night, I want, he'd be like, Carl, go and pray over your home. He'd say, start outside, walk around it. And I want you to pray around your your home. Pray around your property borders. It wasn't once. I did it for two and a half years. Every night, he'd say, go to each of your kids' room. They'd be sleeping or in there. And I'd be outside of their door, and I would be praying for them. Just for who they are, who they are in him, that they would come to know who they are to him. And in, the, in spirit, I would take them in my hands and I would lift them and I'd say, God, you have entrusted these children to me. I lift them to you. And I ask you that you would they would discover, that you would put a grace on them, that they would discover, even while they're sleeping, that your spirit would do a work in their heart. While they're sleeping, that you would flow into them, that they would actually come to know who they are and they'd be changed. And I prayed that from my heart, I did it over every one of my kids. I did it for Kristen. Every single night, and I still do. But you know, the goodness of God is, see, my story was dark. Then I met him, and my story became light. You know what he told me? I fell asleep one night, and I I was in a dream where he spoke to me. That's what it felt like for about five hours straight. He just spoke things over me from the time I closed my eyes. It was vision after vision, thing after thing, like things that are coming, things that we're going to see. But what he ended it with is he spoke this over me. He says, Carl. I like when he calls me by my name. He says, Carl. Because he's he's my father. He says, Carl. He says, and he showed me a picture of me holding my my children up and my wife up. He says, every single prayer. See, because they weren't about me. It wasn't a prayer about making my life better or molding my kids to perfection so I had it easy. It was them becoming who they are, knowing who they are, and, and understanding from that place that they're sons and daughters. But he's like Carl, he said, every single prayer. He says, I'm honoring everyone. He said, Everyone you've cried out, every prayer you've prayed, I'm honoring them all. I woke up weeping because that's our Father. That's what He desires to bring. That's what our homes are supposed to look like order. See, today, if you come to my house, I've been told this many times. Some people, it freaks them out. I'm serious. If you're used to chaos, my house would probably freak you out. Because people walk in my house, and I've heard it from pastors from other churches, there's such an aura of peace in your home. I like that. Because for so many years, it was the polar opposite. For so many years, the enemy had free reign in my home. I would get up and read my Bible. I did all them things. But when you're not living it, when it's not real, when he's really not, you don't have the understanding that he's your father. You can't fool anybody. You know, my nieces and nephews, like your house is so quiet. Like some of them love it. If their houses are in turmoil, they'll come over. They don't want to leave. But then some are like, it scares them. Because sometimes when it's quiet, you're, you're forced to deal with the things that in, in your heart. See, that's how God speaks a lot of times that still small voice from that quiet place. And sometimes the busyness and the phones. I think that's why his, his warning is so sharp. If you're always consumed, you never, one, never learn to hear his voice. You know, you go to a restaurant now. You know, I was traveling last year with my family, we went to a restaurant. And I sat at a table. I'm very simple. I don't really, I have an iPhone, but I don't care to research. I don't have many apps. I don't want any apps. But I, we sit down at a table, and I'll, now a kiosk is at your table to take your order. I don't like that. See, because I like to talk to people. I have something inside of me that I want to give away, I don't want to give it to a machine. I don't care if the machine has the order perfect every time. We're relational. God is relational. I just feel like his heart, specifically today, is for the, the teenage boys. I've heard this story too many times. Good kids. Soft-spoken, well-mannered, good grades. Never had an issue out of them. Easy to think, I'm safe. Easy to think, I have nothing to worry about. They're just well-behaved. That's what the enemy wants. He wants a complacent, passive parents. He wants complacent, passive leaders. He wants, as the priest of your home, that's what he wants. And when you're being complacent and passive, Sometime along the way, whether it's an innocent Google search or through some Instagram, he's going to throw something to raise a curiosity. It's his plan. He's really good at it. And then if, they do, if, they, if they're not in a place where they're comfortable talking to you, or if you have, if you have lies inside of you, if you're not pure yourself, there's no way they'll feel safe. So they'll they'll store it. And then he'll quietly shame them. And he'll bring them to a place where you're the only one. You can never tell nobody. And pretty soon, that quiet, well-mannered kid that had a lot of joy, that always was happy that he was one that brought life, If if you're whole, you'll see it. But pretty soon you'll watch a whole persona change. Pretty soon things he used to like, he won't like. If he liked a sport, he'll lose interest. Because he's believing a lie. Because we've allowed something to potter our children. Other than the Spirit of God flowing through us. I know it's quite, this, it's a little bit heavy, but I'm saying it's a stark reality. If we don't own up to it, the outcome won't be good. He said it. There's no compromise. I didn't say it. He said it. He reminded me of it. It spoke to me then. It's speaking to me louder today. See, because I think this generation, my oldest son, when he was 10, 11, 12, 13... He might have had a flip phone. Texting was pretty new. See, you have a son that's ten or thirteen, and they have the, the electronics that you know. I'm 41. You know, they have that. Everything's available, but they're more. They have that curious side. That see, I'm, I've been told I'm mundane and boring because I have one thing on my mind. I just want to seek the Lord. But a 10-year-old's not quite there yet, unless you have a father that's actually laying out an example that's so attractive that they actually want to go after it. But see, we can't. The problem is today is the rational behavior, whether it's school shootings, you can go take it as far as you want to take it. The kids are blamed for something the parents are feeling at. It's not the school system, it's not getting a new judge, it's not the right president. It's the home becoming a place of safety and peace. It starts with the dad. I'm sorry, I'm not picking, but I'm telling you because it's true. You're called to lead your home. If you'll step up and do it, there's a grace. He will come and change it all. And you know, when, you're, when your daughter at the time, at 14 years old, comes up to you in tears and says, Dad, I so wish we would have discovered this 10 years ago. See, because she saw, she saw a change in me. She saw her dad become someone that she was very attracted to. She saw her dad become someone that she wanted to have a husband like. I didn't go and tell them, my kids, you know, like Trey, I didn't go home and tell them that you're living this nasty life of sin. Never once. That's not what Jesus did. The Bible said it's the goodness of God that draws men to repent. That even works on your kids. It's not about the rules we can put in place. When you model something attractive, they'll come. They'll say, Dad, I want it. That's what I heard. Literally, that's what they told me. What you found, I want. Because it looked different. But see, he's not a respecter of persons. That's for every single person. That's his heart cry for the whole world not just for this little church, not just for your little family, but it starts with you. It starts with a man being bold to say, I want to seek Him first. I want to, I want to be a man of God. I want to yield my life. It's not a long, drawn-out process. It's simply saying, if you've missed it in every way, I know I did, it simply starts with just getting alone, getting humble, and say, God, help me. I've missed the mark. What does repentance mean? Change the way you think. I want to live different. Help me. And he says, son, I thought you'd never ask. And then so begins a journey of just walking in obedience. And he will father you into the, the perfectly molded, and I believe it's, we'll walk with it the rest of our life, and it will never get boring, but he will mold you into that. And from that, then you can become the husband you're called to be. As you model that, then you can become the dad. And as you model that, then it will actually leak outside your home. It will actually affect the place you work. It will affect the place you eat lunch, the place that you grocery shop. It's as you go, these things will follow you. It's the Bible. But it starts with you. You know, moms, it's the same. I mean, we're not off the hook because if they're not doing it, you're still called to it. You're never allowed to actually say, "He's not." I'm going to wait till he does. Until then, I'm just going to rest. No, if you see it, you're being called. There's a draw. Have you, you know, have you heeded the call? God's calling everybody. But I think today it's sad because men have become passive. Sorry, I'm really beating on men a little bit, but I really feel like he wants to shake them. He wants to wake us up. I'm speaking to me. But he's also speaking to women. Dem electronics. You know, Facebook, when it came out, I thought it was kind of neat. You know, I, I just, I hadn't, I, I didn't make any of my reunions, even though I tried. So I thought it was cool. When I first got it, I actually got a Facebook, and I was like, you know what? I just kind of reached out to some of my high school friends. I hadn't seen them in 20 years. And it was neat for a little while. But today, like two, it was over two years ago, the Lord told me to get rid of it. Because what I what I see happens mostly with it is it's, it's just a bunch of emotions recorded on paper. And for whatever reason, women are a little more emotional than men, but I think that there's, there's something you've got to be careful. You've got to guard your heart. Because it's very easy to find someone agree with your situation. Pretty soon, emotions, you have a three-strand cord of emotions, and now you build a doctrine on it. Because you'll always find someone, if you have enough of a network, someone will always agree that you were wronged. But yet this gospel calls us to say, you lay your life down, it's not about you. Take that to kids. I've seen it. I talk to a lot of men, a lot of teenage men, a lot of teenage boys. Most of the time, if they're hooked in a trap of pornography, it's through social media. Most of the time is how they actually, because it's there, it's innocent. It's one thought that the enemy says, because there's a familiar spirit that's actually going to be tied. If you fall once, he's watching and he's recorded it. And he's going to wait. He's going to wait to watch your emotional being. How is he doing today? Is he frustrated? Did someone make him mad? Did he have road rage? Did someone at school say something? He's alone. Has he been alone a lot? Has his dad made promises that didn't? He's keeping a track. He's keeping a counter-suffered wrong and he'll wait for that opportune time when you're watching Poe and if he follows one thought pretty soon he's off on a trail and after a while it don't even affect him but yet when the outcome when it happens and it comes to light all of a sudden it's the kids fault but i have to say the kids weren't brought into this world they weren't given a thing the bible doesn't say kids raise yourself it doesn't say it it doesn't say until you're of age You're responsible for everything. No. It says train up the child in a way they should go. And when we're old, they won't depart from it. And we never get off the hook for that. That is a continuous thing. When they get married, you're still called to train up a child in the way they should go. You don't answer if they don't receive it, but you're still called to love and parent and model what does it look like to be a sold-out Godly dad, godly mom, the rest of your life. But it don't have to be work. It don't have to be the hardest thing you've ever faced. I don't believe it does. Because the Bible says my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It's a promise. Come and be yoked with me. What does that look like? Everything becomes easier because I'm walking with you through it. He didn't put in parentheses there, unless your kids are really unruly and they have a lot of bad days or make dumb decisions. No, it don't say that. He says, if you're tired and you're weary and you're heavy, come to me and I will give you rest. But it requires something of you. It requires something of me. It never ends. You come to him, you'll find rest. Even in the midst of turmoil, even in the midst of overcoming, an, if you want to call it an addiction, it's just a stronghold. It's just retraining minds to think like him. But that's um, I don't know. That just is so so prevalent. And then if someone sees that, or even if someone's not battling it, everyone around them is. If you're not pouring into your kids, they're hearing all kinds of stuff that is bringing curiosity. I don't care if they play, they play sports. I, you know, I, had, I have three teenagers, so I, it's pretty ripe, the things you hear. If you're a daughter, you have a bunch of boys, a bunch of young men, probably growing up in homes that aren't being taught this, they don't know who they are and they actually think that everybody's, a woman's a piece of property, a woman's an object. And some of the things my daughter tells me that people say to her, young men that supposedly are Christian boys, and you know, it grieves my heart, not because they're wicked kids, because the lack of understanding. My people perish for lack of knowledge. It starts in the home. You can go to youth group, you can go to Wednesday night service, you can go to Sunday service, you can go to youth camp, you can go to everything they sell. But if you don't teach it in the home, it won't become a reality. And you don't have to, I don't, you don't have to go far. I think if you asked all the kids in this building, they'd tell you all kinds of stuff that you didn't really... And again, I don't say that to go and let emotions rise and fear start to lead you. Because the minute you choose to be led by an emotion, you can't lead anybody. Emotions are they're good as long as they're underneath the, the, the realm of the, ra- the covering of the Spirit. They're never to be... What's rising to the surface and be God. They're always to be subject to the spirit of God being over them. But the same thing. Maybe girls aren't tied into it. Maybe they're not as prone to be looped into, into porn. But I think today it's actually growing to where they are. There's sex thing, there's all this stuff. I Google search yesterday, just curiosity. Like every day there's a new app. I don't think you could keep up with them. But somehow the kids know about all of them. You know, I, I don't have Snapchat. My kids tease me, but I know when it first came out, what I thought it was, you could see it once and it was gone. It scared the crap out of me when I heard that. Because of because of someone with a lack of understanding, there's so much that could go on through that. It's a gateway for the enemy to have a free reign. There's so many apps. That you guys could name them. I can't. I don't want to know. All I want to know is that I'm on my knees and I'm praying for my kids a covering and I'm actually every night, I'm taking the time my youngest son's 13 years old. And a year and a half ago, this God just so pressed my heart, one, to make memories with him. But two, he has pressed my heart. He, I went and bought him a Bible that was the same exact one that I got. And I put his name in it. And every night, I'll get with him. And it started with just simple Bible stories. The awe of God all the supernatural stuff you see, read it and read it over and really stop. I don't, you don't have to be someone that's. you feel like you're just gifted to speak. When, you, when it's from your heart and it's love, your son will know it, your daughter will know it, they'll actually meet you there. You'll see so much growth in their life, it'll blow your mind. But when you give them permission, see I grew up, I was afraid, like a Bible was something, I was afraid to wrinkle it. You know, because it was just the wrong teaching. It's a gift. It's you. It's alive. You know, when you give them a set of markers and you tell them, you know what, write in it, make notes, do whatever you want, it's yours. Make it personal. It it just releases something in in a child. You know, we all have Bible apps on our phone. Again, I feel like I'm really slamming the iPhone. I'm not because I love it. But if that's your only Bible that you read, I have a, a small group of young men that I've been, I guess you'd call it like discipling for the last six, seven months. Just God to just place the burden from some certain guys. Just to place the burden in my heart just because he, He's calling them to something. He wants them to burn. And I know with one of them, he shared something one day, and I think this happens a lot. If your Bible app is the only one that you use... But all your social networking, you know, your social media, whatever's on there, them things alert you like every two seconds. And this is what he said. He said, I'd be getting started, and all of a sudden, you get one. The the enemy's crafty. He'll send you something to sidetrack. You'll see, next thing you know, open it. In 20 minutes of the 30 that you were going to spend with the Lord, all of a sudden, we're surfing through a mindless nothing. There's something about a paper Bible. There's something about it where you open it. You leave your phone in another room. There's no distraction. There's something about that that's just tangible and real. There's something about when you make notes in it, it becomes yours. There's something about writing that seals things in your spirit. You can read the book of Daniel and see that. He was a prophetic dreamer, and every time he dreamed, he would write it. Because what? Because it seals it in your spirit. When you write stuff, you don't forget it a revelation that you get, no one can take it from you. It's yours. God is personal. He's relational. surface parenting's parenting not going to work. Not today. You can look ahead and say, man, I'm scared for what it will be like. But no, that's the wrong answer. You look to Him and say, I'm so excited for what it's going to be like because I'm going to change it. I want to speak life into dead things. I'm not going into a broken world. I'm sending my children into the world to actually, to actually change it. When they leave my nest, my house, I want them to actually believe that they have the power in them to do that. That's the Father's heart for every single one of you, moms and dads alike. It's to actually believe that first for you, and as you believe it for you, you can actually pour it into your kids. There's something about it when a family unit actually agrees in that. It's powerful. You know, we're, we're blessed in our family. Like our, our son has a girl who he's deeply in love with. She's smiling at me right now. But how it's so amazing to me, the goodness of God, to see some, somebody else, someone else's family how he brings them into ours. And they're not even married yet, but she's like my second daughter. See, she has a kindred spirit. Her hunger for God amazes me. You want that in your home, guys. You want that. We don't have to have in laws and outlaws and what the world says. We're a family. But it's but God is relational. If we discover that, we become relational. And it's safe. You hear so many horror stories. Especially about, it seems easier, daughters always seem to migrate to where their moms are. It's just natural. Or their dads, you know, like when they move on, they always seem like they're there more. I think a biggest fear of a mom would be that if your sons marry someone that don't like them. What happens then? You never see your son. But, but see, God is so good. He said, seek me first. The kingdom in my righteousness and all will be added to you. And I believe family is family. We're family. Patty said in the beginning, we are one giant family. And it extends beyond these walls. But see, it's, only, it's real when we actually believe that we're family. That he really is my father. I'm really his son. I pray that at least 18 times a day I thank him for that. I do. And I train my kids to do the same. When you pray, thank him. Thank you, Father. You're my Father. I'm your son that you love me. You emptied heaven's best to buy me back. You want your kids to pray that because it changes them. All of a sudden it becomes their gospel like Roy spoke last week. It's my gospel. You want it to be their gospel. To when all this stuff tries to get sold, they know a greater truth. When your daughter is speaking life into other other girls saying, that's not who you are. Don't sell cheap. You want that. That's, you're, so, you're worth so much more. You need to get an understanding of who you are. That's God honoring every prayer. It all goes to intimacy. We can panic and see if, if, someone, if someone slips up. That's not what we're called to look at. He calls us to see through the eyes of His Son. Admit when we've messed up. Repent. Simply as a dad, change the way you think. Get on your knees. If you're a husband-to-be, I love your heart. But a, like a husband, honor your wives. Love your wives. If you married your wife 15 years ago and you don't think she's... Is, cool, or sexy as she used to be today, if she has things about you that really, about her that grind you, I would challenge you to look in the mirror and say, where am I failing? Because I'm called to champion my wife. Where am I missing it? Where am I not doing what I'm called to? Where am I not? It's not a release. What I'm saying, the reality is is that's true. You are called to love her like Christ did the church. And he laid down his life. If that is modeled, if you champion your wife, if you love your wife, if you serve your wife, she'll actually in reverence do what the Bible calls her to do only at that moment, is she'll submit herself to you. But see, if you're not doing that, if you're not honoring her, if you're not being the priest of your home, she can't biblically submit to you. It would be wrong. You know, when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego wouldn't bow the knee to that that golden image, they said, you can kill me, but I won't bow to something less than the true God. If you're not yielded, men, if you're not yielded, if you're not modeling it, she would be bowing to a false image to yield and submit to you. But, you know, the call is the same. If you submit. I mean, if you're submitted to God, man. If you're actually doing it. If you're modeling that. I got a phone call one day. I asked for permission to share this. Because I think it's because sometimes when things become reality, they become more believable. My wife, Kristen's walked through. Through a lot of stuff with me. You know, when I got born again, it was a, it was a lot because I was all in. I, there wasn't no gentle changing. I was just, a, it was just, I don't know. I know it was hard. And I'm not saying I did everything right because sometimes zeal without knowledge actually hurts people. And I know that I did some of that and I've, and I've actually repented and said sorry to her for that but I'm saying I saw something so beautiful I went after it and nothing's stopping me. But you know, last year, I won't get into all the details, but we, I walked with her through a really hard season. God gave me such a grace to lay my life down for her. He called me to do things that looking back, if you were close to me, you would know, but I didn't. outside of that, I didn't share it with nobody. I had a promise and I walked with a promise. But I honored my wife. I loved her. I served her. You know, the day that God lifted what was she carried, the day that He set her free, I got a phone call about it was nine or ten o'clock in the morning of Kristen in tears. Cause you know, when your wife's going through things and and if you, if her family don't fully understand it, and I'm not, this isn't, we're, our family's good. I don't, I'm sharing a testimony, not, don't, don't, ta- I'm not poking or saying anything's wrong with anybody. Just sometimes when you love somebody and everything looks wrong, emotions actually will grip you sometimes. So, like, but I had people say things to me that it's, or I knew they talked about me that what she was going through was my fault. Which I guess it was, but I don't feel bad for that. But when she, and she heard it more than me, they didn't tell me, but they told her. But she calls me this morning, this one morning. She says, Honey, I just want you to know something. She says, I don't care what anybody says, including my family. And she wasn't being mean, she was, she was doing what we were just talking about. She says, I trust you. I trust what God is doing in you. I trust. The character and integrity that you're walking in. I submit my life to you and your leadership. That'll mess with you. See, I didn't force her, like so many times we misinterpret. Wives, well, you submit. That means you serve me, honor me, you're a piece of meat to me. No, that is sin. You can't force submission. You can in a wrestling match, maybe in MMA. You can't force submission in life. A yielded heart is simply a yielded heart. That's amazing to me. And it caused me to honor her more. Like, I don't know how to receive... That's so, that was so humbling to, to hear that. Because my desire is to lead well. My desire is to go after God wholeheartedly and serve Him with all my being. No part of this saying that Carl's doing it perfect, I know I'm not. If He, sh- if I'm shown, if he shows me correction, I want correction. But at the same point today, just to, just to close it out, like the Father is saying, men, dads, husbands, come to me. Come and know me. Let me restore you. I redeem everything. I will redeem it all. I'll redeem you. Your past will be obsolete. The only time your past will come up from that day forward is if you're sharing a testimony that's glorifying Him. That's all your past is good for once you're born again. Prophetic insight or wisdom to to bless somebody else. It's never going to condemn you again if you're a teenage boy struggling with things get on your knees repent ask God to change your heart and your mind you'll never be answered for what that was again it's gone but he's saying come with me he's relational with with your wives. I'm speaking this to me first of the guy I used to be. I'm being a little bold, but I think uh, it was prayed over me twice that it would be, and I felt like I was supposed to be before that happened. So, the old, the old me. If I went on a trip somewhere, I would be really nice to my wife so she would do things for me. Or if she wanted a trip, I would make sure I did everything right because they expected something from her. It was wrong. She's not your property. She's the father's daughter. You're to honor your wives. Today, he's made me different. Sometimes it shocks her. But there's a place you can walk whole. There's a place you can walk free. And when you're free together, you can change the world. That's what you're called to. If I covered any of my notes, Hmm. I always like it when I don't. (laughs) Well, my notes aren't helping me. I want to share a couple more things that I've done with my... and I'm being just open. To get a renewed mind, no matter if you're struggling with something or if you're just struggling to believe you're a son or a daughter, to get a renewed mind, is simply, you're, it's simply you're renewing the old one. Like the old one has to go, but you need to get retrain one that thinks like Jesus. And for me, one of the things that I did... And he put in my heart to do is I put 18 or 19 reminders in my phone that every single day told me who I was. Whether it was a Bible verse, every one of you is different, but there's something that will speak to you. And I would, I would encourage you to, to today, get alone, get with him and ask him. Show me. Show me things. How do you feel about me? Show me what I look like to you, Father, when you look at me. When he, when he speaks it over you, put it. You're, you know, if you have a, if you have a smartphone, use it for something pure. Put it in there. Set it to repeat every day. That it, and when it when it comes up, don't just quickly ignore it. Speak it out loud. Speak it out loud. Declare it over yourself because the power of the life and death, it's in the tongue. You speak things into being that are th- that are not. When when I the, I did it, I did it over and over, and I had one. You know, it's funny when you have one and you look and it's been in there 722 days and you're still speaking it it's kind of cool because when you first do it, it seems, man this is like is it going to stick but then you know as you grow you'll get new ones oh you may cut it back but i'm saying there's something about it make it a reality i've instructed my kids to do the same it makes me smile when i see a smile when i look and i see my youngest son's phone on a charger and there's three three things that pop up telling him who he is that's taking what the enemy wants to destroy him with and actually renewing his mind with it and it's crushing hell. That's honoring the Father with a piece of technology that the, that the enemy is trying to do to destroy the world's worth the minds of our kids. I believe that's actually stewarding what he's entrusted to us as a good thing and using it for that. Because if their minds change, he loses. If they understand who they are, heaven wins. He came to put heaven into you he came to put heaven into your kids it doesn't matter what you walk through it don't matter get on your knees let it go invite him in let him change you god i just thank you for your word i thank you father that's what you are. You're a father. You're a good father. I thank you, God, that what the enemy intends for evil, your word says you always turn and make it good for those that love you. And I thank you, Father, that even in this time of electronics, no matter where we are, that it can always be used as a thing, an act of purity. God, I thank you that every person that listens to this podcast or in this room that today they would have a different viewpoint. That, that they would have a different mindset, Lord, that their whole mindsets would change. I thank You, Father, that teenagers, that young, young men, young women would know who they are. That they would come to know who they are and that they would actually discover You in that secret place. And from there, they would just go out and they literally would change the world. Jesus, I thank You that we're raising disciples sons and daughters, but disciples, and that they are actually going to leave our houses, leave our nests one day, believing that they can change the world. Jesus, we honor you. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you actually just take this word and that you would just press it, compress it, Lord, that it wouldn't be just cast out as people go to lunch, that it would be something that they would think on, that it would cause change, especially in the dads and husbands, That they would be the instruments of change in their home. That as they change, their marriage would change. As they change, their kids would be drawn to the change. They would change. And as the kids change, their friends would change. And in so doing, we change the world. Jesus, we give you glory, give you honor. Just thank you again for what you're doing in every one of our lives. Thank you that we're all sons and daughters. We love you. We honor you. Amen.